1: With compelling interviews, cutting edge business tactics and ideas, and the X's and O's segment with Miles Austin. I welcome in my good friend, Miles Austin. Welcome to the Business Locker Room. Now, here is your host, Kelly Riggs. Hey, great
0: to have you in the Business Locker Room. It's Biz locker Radio presented by the Business Locker Room. Thanks for joining us. This is the online business radio show with compelling conversations and useful content that you can use beginning today. Guarantee you today's episode, number 72, absolutely no different whatsoever. In just a few moments, I'll be joined by my friend Mark Hunter. We're going to talk high profit selling today. Hey, listen, the business locker room, you're looking to improve your business performance, whether you own a business, sell a product, manage a team, lead a company, definitely this is the show for you. We have experts in sales and marketing and social media, business strategy, leadership, and much, much more. We do it each and every week, Mondays at 3 p.m. Central Standard Time. If you're joining us live, great to have you. We're on Blab as well. Mark Hunter on Blab, Miles Austin, my Uh, esteemed co-host and the guy who runs the X's and O's segment. He joins me as well. We're going to talk about a gig he's got going here in just a few minutes, but it's called Biz Locker Radio, and you can find us online at bizlockerradio.com. Follow me, by the way. I'm Kelly Riggs. I'm your host. You can follow me on Twitter at Kelly Riggs, and hey, do like I do. Download the podcast. You can hear my buddy, Mark Hunter, again and again and again. You can ignore Miles Austin completely. He has nothing. Oh, no, I probably shouldn't have added that part.
2: <laughs> Miles, how you doing, man? man I, I don't know what kind of coffee you're drinking, buddy. <laughs> Mark, I just hope you're prepared, man, because this guy's just wound up today. Hey, we're, we're, well, hey um, I'm just going to sit back, relax,
0: and we'll see what happens
2: here. <laughs> well, hey, Miles, you got something going on in New
0: York I was going to share with the audience. Tell me what's happening.
2: Well, thanks. Well, yeah, you know, it's, it's, uh, I had the, the privilege about a year ago to be introduced at the launch, actually. I was able to fly back with the team from IBM from the Watson Analytics team. And uh, when they announced and rolled out Watson Analytics to the world, and uh, I got invited back. Now, that's shocking enough, I know. Don't say anything. But, um, <laughs> we're going back for the first year anniversary. And uh, it's really a great chance, first of all, to kind of catch up with the executive team uh, from IBM, from Watson Analytics, and, and understand what's happened. Because, um, as you know, we've talked about this a few times on the show, big data is is having a huge impact. And so what I'm really looking forward to, and I go spend, I'll be there through Thursday evening, Um Right downtown with some really, really smart people about uh, predictive analytics and big data. And my piece of it is how all these things are going to play into sales specifically um, and really what's happening in the sales marketplace for those companies that are starting to embrace and understand and utilize big data and predictive analytics. And really, for me, what's been really a fun project I've been very quiet about is what's happening to those companies that are not yet paying attention to this and what impacts they're starting to find. So uh, I'm looking forward to it. I'm going to come back with a ton of content, and I'll be sharing it, uh, obviously, here on the show and over the, over the blog at fill the Funnel uh, for weeks to come. I'm really looking forward to it.
0: All right, that's good stuff. And, hey, Miles will be joining us on the back end of the show, the last 20-minute segment. We're going to talk in the X is O's O segment, talk about unbounce. No idea what that is. But when Miles has got a great tool, we're going to take a look at it. Hey, Miles, thanks for joining us on the top. We'll see you back uh, on the back end of the show. Hey, in just a few, mo- in a few moments, Mark Hunter will join us. But, listen, i got to give you a clue as to what is going on here in the business locker room. Next week, Trish Bertuzzi will join me. And if you're in the sales world, you'll know a little bit about her. Then Mike Weinberg will be on. We'll talk about his brand new book, Sales Management Simplified, October the 26th. had uh, breakfast with Mark the, or Mike, uh, Mike Weinberg rather late, earlier this week. Absolutely excited about this book. You're going to love it. And it's up on Amazon already if you want to grab a copy. The week after that, Joe Polizzi from Content Marketing Institute and Oren Clough. We'll be back. And if you missed my original interview with Warren Cloth, go find us on iTunes. You're going to want to hear that one again and again. But today, we turn our attention to my buddy from Omaha, Nebraska, and that is Mark Hunter. He's the sales hunter online, thesaleshunter.com. Follow him on Twitter, at thesaleshunter. And we're talking about his brand new book. You can see it in the background if you're on Blab. It's called High Profit Selling, Win the Sale Without Compromising on Price. Hey, if you're in the sales world, Mark, Got to be interested in this topic. Welcome to the show, man. Great to have
3: you. Hey, thanks for having me on. And you know, a lot. You know, it was nice that we could plan the show over dinner in Paris back there a couple months ago. <laughs> no, we just had to drop that in there, right?
0: Yeah, we did. It's the craziest thing. In fact, Miles Austin, my uh, esteemed co-host, he of the West Coast uh, in the Seattle area, knew that you and I happened to be in Paris right at the same time. and called us both and said. Why aren't you guys getting together? Because we can't do it in the Midwest, you know, clearly. we got to go overseas.
3: <laughs> why why meet Tulsa? Why meet Omaha? Let's just go to Paris and meet.
0: <laughs> and thus we did with our wives. We had dinner, and it was spectacular. Right. And we and we planned out this show. Hey, your book, High Profit Selling, I have to believe, Mark, that when you talk to sales managers, business owners, VPs of sales, those kinds of guys, they look at that title, and they're immediately interested. Everybody has trouble defending their margins fewer still it seems really know what to do in order to do so would you agree with that
3: oh that that is without a doubt because it's anybody can make a sale if you discount the price
0: free is not too hard to sell you know <laughs> well you would think so but you know it's it's so common people come into a business and uh, they really want to make their mark they want to jump to the top of the uh, the, the charts and, and become the salesperson of the fill in the blank and the easiest way to do that to drive revenue is give away the company's money isn't
3: it <laughs> well it's not exactly driving revenue it might drive volume but i don't know why yeah profitable revenue yeah
0: well and, and, and that leads us into a really good point because many times what gets lost in translation is the definition of some of these words right it's just well, not the top line that, revenue that
3: that is that is without a doubt i mean People will look at it and say, hey, I'm only giving them 5% off or 10% off the price. And in fact, I was just with a group last week, and they, they were commenting, well, we only discount 3 4%. And I said, yeah, but let's look at the margin structure of your business. That 3%, 4% winds up being 25 to 30% of your profit because the product
0: doesn't change. It's not a good way to get ahead. Yeah, if you're joining That's us... If you're joining us online uh, on Blab or if you're uh, listening uh, through our, our live broadcast or if you're just hearing the, the podcast for the first time, here's something interesting for you to put together. I can show you the numbers and how this works. But if you're selling a product that has a forty percent 40% margin, I forget, it's either 35 or 40% and you discount your price just 10% mark, you have to sell 40% more product just to get the same net income in the door uh what's wrong with this uh huh something's wrong here yeah, <laughs> no, we'll, yeah we'll make right. it up in volume <laughs> yeah yeah
3: but but so, that's what too that's what too many sales believe and you know what too many sales managers believe that too
0: yeah it, it is sad so here, here's my question and i've got to put you on the spot here but let's talk compensation for a minute how, how firmly do you believe that sales compensation should be tied directly to gross margin?
3: Oh, it should be very much tied. Now, you got to look at the objectives. I don't, I don't want to go down too deep of a rabbit trail, but what is the life of a customer? What is the life revenue? What is the overall profitability, et cetera, et cetera? Uh, but you do need to correlate compensation to the gross margin. And you can make a lot of arguments between gross and net margin, but if we just use gross margin. You know, what's, what's the cost? What's the price? less cost of goods sold that's kind of a gross margin that's a good way to start
0: absolutely right well i'm sure it doesn't surprise you it doesn't surprise me anymore the number of companies that pay some percentage on top line what they call revenue top line sales it's amazing
3: it's 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 really a stupid i mean but hey you know what
0: that that's why i will never be out of work (laughs) 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 Absolutely right. Hey, I'm joined by the sales hunter. He's Mark Hunter. He's the author of High Profit Selling, Win the Sale Without Compromising the Price. Well, it's really interesting. Let me me extend the conversation about uh, compensation just a little bit. How many times do you run into sales teams that are getting paid salary plus, and maybe that plus is perhaps a quarterly or annual bonus or maybe a very, very small piece of commission? Is that a pretty common deal as well?
3: Yes, that is. In fact, I, I was just with the VP of sales last week, and we were walking through the numbers. He was asking me about compensation and so forth. And, and it is having a base salary for, low, for many, many jobs, especially if you're in, in an account management type of approach, very normal. Now, if you're a true sales hunter, you know, and, and you're doing kind of one-off sales or you do a one-off sales and turning them over to somebody else, then it's got to be a much higher percent of the total income based off compensation.
0: You bet. Hey, let's jump into your book, high profit selling. Uh, again, it, as I mentioned earlier, I know it's one of those topics that sales managers are all over, but it's really too late to start talking high profit or high margins after your first objection, <laughs> don't you think? I mean, you really get started long before that, don't you?
3: Well, you do. And you know, you, know, you really start back up in the prospecting space. In fact, an an analogy I I like to use is, you know, you you can't take a Walmart shopper and turn them into a Nordstrom shopper. It's just not going to happen. And many times what happens is we've got sales teams and marketing teams that are really developing prospects that aren't conducive to the customer type of what you're trying to go after. So you really sometimes have to go all the way upstream and start with that prospecting model and come back downstream differently.
0: Oh, my goodness. I want to talk so much more about that because when you start talking to businesses and sales managers about being selective about their clients, sometimes they, they start looking at you like you've got three heads, like, wait wait a minute, a customer is a customer is a customer. Anybody who owns a business absolutely knows that's not true because you still have to get paid and everything else. And There's no telling what kind of problems you run into. How do you get that message across to Joe's sales manager who works in a larger company?
3: Well, one of the challenges, one of the questions I I really like to throw out on the table, and and, and I tell this to VPs, I tell this to CEOs I'm working with, you know, finders, et cetera. I want your sales team really to be prospecting and spending their time with fewer prospects. Because what happens is I, I want them to spend their time with fewer prospects but be able to spend more time. Too many times what happens is sales teams are spending time with not prospects but suspects. And that's yes. why I say you've gotta ha- you got to have the qualification process very quick. You've got to have a fast qualification prospect. And the real quick measurement of qualification is, is the prospect willing to share with you a piece of proprietary information? What do I mean by that? I mean something not known publicly. Because think about that. They won't do that unless they have a need and they have confidence in you.
0: So, do you do you ask for that? You, in your experience, do you have something in particular that you're looking for that you'll ask that question?
3: Yeah, I do. And one of the ways is skip the capabilities presentation, skip all that stuff. I want to go for what are the outcomes? What are the outcomes you are looking for? If you're my prospect, I'm going to say what 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 is the challenge you're facing? What what is the issue you're dealing with? I want to go right to the outcome. When I know what that outcome is, and believe me, it's not an outcome until you say it and I can have a chance to drill down on it, that's what I want to really find out if you're really a prospect.
0: Wow, we're joined by Mark Hunter, the sales hunter. And I tell you what, if you didn't realize who Mark was or maybe this is your first time to be exposed to him you, you now know he's the real deal because he's already said two things that uh, top-line sales management, sales trainers all know, and that is you need to pick your customers and you always need to skip the capabilities presentation. Mark, it, it just slays me that you can go in and look at two companies and just substitute <laughs> logos and colors and do the exact presentation twice. It's it's crazy. Uh, where does that come from? Well, you know,
3: in, in the old days, I, I, I think in the old days, Gee, that would be uh, 2013 no uh, it, it, it maybe it maybe was necessary but remember the customers entering the funnel further down because he, here's the measurement of a salesperson if I can't if I can't bring to my prospect and customer things that they can't find on the internet I have no reason for being so why am I sitting there wasting time sharing with them stuff that they can find out on the internet Now, I'm not saying they did but it, it just the customer is so much more educated than they ever used to be so just cut the guards just save it park it it's a waste
0: wow That's, that's blunt but that's the truth that's absolutely right hey but one of the things as we veer off here you've said something that kind of piques my interest I know that on your own website, thesaleshunter.com, you provide a lot of content. I mean, you write a fantastic blog. You get a weekly newsletter. I mean, you're giving away the farm, my friend. Uh, What is it that you have to offer when you finally come and talk to us? Well, I mean, this whole thing, you can't,
3: you know, and let's change this from me to anybody. You can put a lot of stuff out there. You can offer stuff free to the customer. But, but they're going to devalue. It's not until you get in and really start providing the solution that they're looking for. So sure, sure, you're right, out on my website, I have a lot of content, I have a lot of stuff, and you can download it and download it for free. But what I find is it creates a customer engagement level, and this is, this is, this is really the key. We create added value when the customer finds confidence and competence in you. One of the ways we get high profit, is by not trying to sell to a customer who doesn't believe in the person they're dealing with and the product they're buying. So what am I doing on my website? Is I'm creating confidence, and I'm creating competence. Confidence because you get to see me, and competence because of the knowledge. Thus, when you do engage with me, it's full profit.
0: But at the same time, if, I, if I'm in the audience, perhaps I'm thinking, oh, wait a wait, hold it, you told me uh, to skip the capabilities and yet to build credibility, to build confidence and competence, I really need to talk about my capabilities, don't I? Well, I'm not talking about it in person with you, you're getting it off the web, you see, yes.
3: this is the whole okay. thing, it, it's, just, it's just knowing it's there. We have to look at the selling process, is where does the mobile device come into play? And remember, nobody walks into a customer anymore without them having Googled you and your company first. I mean, right. let's, let's not at ourselves. You see, see, so it, it, we're long past that. There has to be this level of confidence and confidence created, or there's no chance of anything close to a sale. Or if hey, there is a sale, it's going to be free.
0: Absolutely right. Hey, thanks to all of you joining us on Blab, Marshall, and Ralph. And Joe and Jonathan and uh, Barry, several others there on uh, Blab as well. Great to have you as well. If you've got a question for Mark, just type it into the text. We'll get to it. We'll put it out there. Hey, you're listening to Biz Locker Radio. This is episode number 72. We started doing Blab just a few episodes ago. And uh, you'll want to join us later in the show. Miles Austin, my good friend, will join us. We'll talk X's and O's. He's going to talk about a product called Unbounce.com. We're going to take our first time out. We're going to come back on the other side much, much more with uh, Mark Hunter in high profit selling, find him online at thesaleshunter dot com, and of course, you want to follow him on Twitter. Him and uh, you know, along with what? How many how many followers you have now? I mean, it's crazy.
3: How many I, followers? Uh, I think it's about thirty. 30-
0: Five thirty six thousand or something like Holy that. Cow. Yep. I, I, you, you must be out buying those by the bushel basket load. I mean, it just, <laughs> that's crazy. <laughs> you, you can follow him on Twitter at The Sales Hunter. Hey, we're going to take a time out. Biz Locker Radio, find us at bizlockerradio.com. I'm Kelly Riggs. We'll be right back.
1: When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Kelly Riggs is an author, a highly acclaimed speaker, and a sales strategist and leadership coach. Now in his ninth year as founder and president of the Business Locker Room, Kelly has written two books, One-on-One Management, What Every Great Manager Knows That You Don't, and Quit Whining and Start Selling, A Step-by-Step Guide to a Hall of Fame Career in Sales. Both are available on Amazon or at bizlockerroom.com. For more information on hiring this two-time national salesperson of the year to speak at your next event or to train your leadership team, visit bizlockerroom.com.
0: Today's hot topics
1: from the boardroom to you voice america business network
0: hi this is jeff shore author of be bold and win the sale more great business
1: ideas straight ahead in the business locker room (laughs)
0: <laughs> hey, great to have you back on BizWalker Radio. We do this every Monday, 3 p.m. Central Standard Time, and I am in the middle of quite a run of some of the greatest salespeople on the planet right here on the show. Last week I had uh, Jeb Blunt on. We talked about his brand-new book, Fanatical Prospecting. You're going to want to grab that one. Man, that is, that is absolutely a killer book, and it's got the longest subtitle known to mankind and listen to this, Mark. Hey, you got a copy right there on Blab. Good, you, know what? you know what? He just sent it to me today. I, I just got it today. I, Isn't that cool? I mean, he, he is a fantastic guy. The ultimate guide to yeah. opening sales conversations and filling the pipeline by leveraging social selling, telephone, email, text, and co-calling. I gave him so much grief, Mark. And longest subtitle I've ever seen. Mark Hunter's my guest. On today's show number seventy-two, he is uh, the sales hunter. That's where you find him online, thesaleshunter.com. Hey, high profit selling. Tell me about some of the classic mistakes uh, that salespeople make. Not not the entry-level stuff, but some even some of the mistakes you see some of the experienced guys make that really impacts the amount of margin they're able to take back out of out of any particular sale. Yeah, I, I
3: think one one of the biggest things is is when the customer objects to your price that they suddenly respond to it with well. What price would you want to pay? No, don't do that. The way I say to handle a price objection is to come back and ask them a question relative to the most pressing need that the customer has expressed to you during the sales call.
0: Yes, what happens really good.
3: is you, now, you, you shift the discussion away from price. You shift it back to their need, their concern. That's how you goes. And then second, do not be afraid to walk away. Don't don't be afraid to walk away. It, it can be creepy, but you know what? Sometimes you'll walk away. You know what? The customer will come back to you. They'll come back to you, and they'll pay full price.
0: Yeah, you know the hardest thing in the world for me to get salespeople to understand is that it is natural and normal to negotiate price even after you've decided, Mark, that you're going to make a purchase. Uh, and, and when people start asking for discounts, they just don't know what to do. That's so normal in the everyday sales transaction, isn't it? Right. Yeah. And, and you know what?
3: There's a lot of other things you can, you can negotiate. You don't have to negotiate price. You can negotiate delivery terms. You can negotiate the size of the order, how you do it. There, there's a lot of other things you can negotiate. What happens is once you change the price, you, you change the price value relationship for every sale thereafter. Plus, mm. you do a little chip away in your own brain that your price isn't worth it. Negotiate on other things other than price. What's the value to the customer?
0: You know, you've used that word a few times, uh, value, and it's just so uncommon to see salespeople who are really effective at putting value on the table and connecting it to those those needs that you do- talked about earlier, and, and many salespeople are trying to put the value on the table after the price has been put on the table. My experience is that's a real problem. <laughs> that's way too late. <laughs> yes. So... How, how do you get that value up there? I'm a new sales guy, and you're wanting to put me at the top of the class pretty quickly. What kind of advice are you going to give me? Yeah, don't worry about your sales presentation.
3: Don't, don't get caught up in your sales presentation. The best sales presentation ever made is the presentation never given. Now, think about that for a moment. Yeah, yeah. Skip the PowerPoint, skip on. Your best objective is to develop 10 really good questions. You want to develop 10 really good questions that you can walk in and ask the customer, ask the prospect. Here's why. Those 10 questions are going to lead you to another 10 questions, which are going to lead you to another 10 questions. And what I found is this. If I ask the customer a good question and all I do is ask them a follow-up question on what they just shared with me, and you ask them again, and they will take you to what their needs are. They will take you to what your concerns are. And you know what? Along the way, they're going to educate you as to what they're looking for. Now, this requires you've got to go in with a level of confidence. But you know what? It's a confidence in knowing that you can help the customer. Here's a little insight, and I love sharing this comment. Sales is about helping customers see and achieve things they didn't think were possible.
0: Think about Hmm. that for a moment. Yeah, that's good. Well, you know, you you bring up the questions, Mark. Uh, The the challenge for many people is instead of using questions, and and I put those in a specific bucket, they're too busy doing an interrogation. (laughs) You know what I mean? So, you know, who's your current vendor, and do you have a warranty, and did you sign a contract? That's not the kind of questions you have in mind, I don't think. No, no, those aren't. Because here's the thing.
3: Customers, and this is the same in B2B or B2C, nobody buys anything. Nobody buys anything. They invest. They invest because they want a return on their investment. They're looking for something in return. This is this is the same. If if I go to a grocery store, if I go to Best Buy to buy some electronics, you know, this is the same thing. And it's the same thing in B two B. If I'm selling software, I'm selling computers. I'm I'm selling. It's don't look at the customer as buying something. Look at the customer as willing to make an investment. That changes your mindset.
0: Hey, uh, you've got a chapter in the book on dealing with objections, and I I can go all the way back to my early sales career and Zig Ziglar and Tom Hopkins and others who who talked about those kinds of things. Uh, Miles was joining us at the the break there and was showing us your book, and he had that particular chapter highlighted. Dealing with objections uh, can be tricky because there are still hardcore buyers out there that are going to do everything they can to put you on the spot, to, to put you in a corner, and force you to give them a discount of some kind. Talk a little bit about dealing with the price objection. Hey, Mark, you know, look, it looks good, but I got to tell you, you're, you're way out of line here. I can, I can get this product just like yours. I mean, you're a good guy. I get it just like yours down the street, 15% less.
3: Yeah, and you know what? Many times what they're doing is they're just playing you off somebody else. Absolutely. You see, what, what, what happens a lot of times is when, when, when buyers have a competitive scenario, they will many times play one off against the other, and they're going to go for the weakest, they're going to attack the weakest person. This is no different than the laws of the jungle, the laws of the ocean. And it's amazing. This is the level of confidence you have to have coming in. And it starts with how you present the price. I, I had a vice president of procurement tell me one time, and he had about 10 buyers working for him. He said, I tell all of my people, whenever they first come to work for me, if the salesperson can't deliver the price increase with solid body language, eye contact, and a strong voice, you know there's a discount to be had. So they simply go for it. And it's amazing the number of salespeople that fall for it. So this is where I come back to this whole thing. If you're looking for a a lower price, oh, that price is way out of line. I'm going to come back and I'm going to ask them a question relative to their biggest concern. And here's the whole other thing. You know, if, if somebody's buying an existing product, and I, and, and I run into this a lot, I'm dealing with people who are selling basic commodities. And they say, well, gee, you know, I, I, your price is way out of line. But then one of the challenges you have to keep in the back of your mind, what's the cost of conversion? What's the cost of conversion? Because many times what happens is buyers will not go through that cost of conversion, and I'm not just talking about the warehouse. But remember, they're buying something because it's serving some of their some of their customers. And are they going to get flack inside? Are they going to get? It, there's a whole science behind this, and you've got to have enough confidence and competence to know that is is your price worth more? Yes. Why? What is the outcome? What is the benefit you're going to provide to that customer and believe in it?
0: Yeah, absolutely right. You know, (laughs) one of the first things I do with uh, sales teams when I'm working with them personally is I ask them three questions. First thing I ask them is uh, Is this a good company? And, and I'm really looking to see what kind of competence and confidence they're going to show to me, right? And typically, it's like, oh, yeah, you yeah, know, it's, it's a pretty good company. I go, wow, that's it? That's all we got? And, you know, oh, no, it's a great company. Okay, great. So do we have a good product? Do we sell a viable product that customers want? Yeah, yeah, man, best in the world, best in the bit. I'm telling you, man, there's nothing better. All right, so here's my third question. Is it worth what we charge? and it is interesting to see how people respond to that. I had a guy tell me once, right in front of a sales manager, most of the time, <laughs> most of the time, okay, I've, I've seen a problem here, Mark. You know, you, you talk about that confidence, it's really a function of preparation, isn't it? I mean, you've got to have your ducks in a row. Yeah,
3: and, and you know what, you bring up a good, it starts with the sales manager. If, if the sales manager isn't confident, how do you expect your salespeople to be confident? I am amazed at how it just trickles down, trickles down. And this is the other thing, and, and, and I'm guilty of this. I gave discounts to my customers early on in my sales because I would get in less trouble for giving the discount than for not bringing back a sale.
1: you so absolutely right.
3: Shoot me out for, 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 so sales managers, if you're, if you're watching this, if you're listening to this, you have got to exhibit and support and demonstrate
0: faith and confidence in
3: your salespeople, or they have zero chance, zero chance of succeeding.
0: Wow, you raise a really, really good point. Many times I know that the, the, the consequence is worse for no sale than it is for a discounted sale. I mean, yeah. you, you talk about putting me in a bad spot and, and it, that is a sales manager scenario
3: yeah that is. I mean that, that's and, and, and believe me, I have seen sales managers beat up salespeople for that. and then what, what happens because because this is this comes back to the whole thing. where's the compensation? See, how is the compensation structure? meantime what what it, the sales managers charged with hitting their 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 sales quota. they're not charged with hitting their profit quota. see Yes. so guess what? Yes discounting
0: comes into play. Absolutely, no question about it. Hey, you know, we've talked a lot about language, and I know that language many times uh, leads us almost inevitably to the point where we're asking someone uh, to, to discount, or we're, we're asking them to ask us for a discount, right? So as, as an example, someone would call and say, hey, I'm just checking on some prices, and the first words out of my mouth are, hey, Mark, I'll be competitive, okay? Uh, we're we're going to work with you. <laughs> Right? I say, why don't you just put a sign on your head that says, "I will give you a discount. Just ask me." Yeah, stupid. Yeah. yeah.
3: You know, this, <laughs> when, when somebody calls, when somebody calls you up and asks for a quick quote, here's my answer: No, no, yeah, you exactly. You give them a quick quote, and your response is this: Hey, I'd be happy to give you a price, but we offer so many different variations and so many different issues and how we help our customer. I've got to understand more about your business. Because many times what they're doing is they're looking for a quick quote just to play you off against somebody else.
0: Yeah, you know, I, I had an opportunity to have a conversation with Charles Green, uh, who's just fantastic Great in this guy. in this space. Yeah, and he talks a lot about trust. He said, one of the challenges when people ask you about price, if you're not willing to answer questions about price, is it really uh, creates a real problem with your trust. But one of the things that you can say, he says, that is effective and that I've used and have other people use to say, you know, the price could be anywhere from here to here. It really depends on a lot of variables, and not knowing exactly what's right for you, it would almost be irresponsible for me to quote you a specific price. But I can give you a nice range, and then we can find out more about your business and how we can help you. Sound now, like a good now, plan?
3: Here, now, here's the challenge about the range. Don't put that low price be a low price because that, that that's natural what the that's what they're going to. Yeah, uh, yeah, absolutely. Gravitate to thinking wise. I, 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 will sometimes jokingly say, "Well, you know what? It shouldn't be less than ten million dollars." I, I, I've never had it go over ten million dollars. You know, you throw out something totally outlandish, and you get kind of a chuckle and a laugh, sure. and then you get sure. back into
0: it. So this, you'll love this little anecdote. I, I work with a, an import car dealership here locally, have for a couple of years now, and uh, they have Porsches that uh, on the floor. And so I roll up on a brand-new 911 Turbo in the showroom, and I look at it and market some price that's just, you know, it's crazy big. You know, it's like $163,000. And I lean back, and I went, oh, my gosh, holy cow. And the sales manager looks over at me, and he says, yeah, I don't know how they make them that cheap. I really don't. <laughs> I was like, what a, what a great line. You know, he's totally coming in from the – of course, he's just kidding i tell huh? you what. I wish I
3: had only paid 163000 for mine. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Clearly, you have way too much money. Mark Hunter is my guest. He's the author of High Profit Selling. The subtitle is Win the Sale Without Compromising on Price. Well, we've, we've talked a lot of things from, from preparation to handling the objection in real time. Give me some more insight into the book, Mark. Give, give us some more ideas about how we can improve the margins uh, as salespeople.
3: Yeah, there's, there's a, one of, you know, like we said, first of all, you start off with your, prospect, with your prospecting process. There, there, there are four critical aspects when it comes to closing the deal at full price. One is, of course, have they shared with you a critical piece of information? You know, have they shared with you some needs? Two, have they shared with you their timeline? And, and I'm not going to have time to run into all, all four, so we'll just kind of stop here at this one. But the, I, I, want to, I want to close the deal close to their timeline, not my timeline. When I close it close to my timeline, I run a greater risk of discounting. So what I want to do is I want to take the critical need and begin to equate it back to a time, back to a date. You know, they say, well, gee, oh, yeah, we have a real hard time, you know, hiring and keeping keeping staff, and, and we have a lot of turnover. So then what I'll do, begin to do is say, oh, so... How's the seasonality of your business? When, when does it all oh, begin? Oh, so you got to get the solution. You, you got to get this in place by X date, or you run the risk of losing. You see what I'm doing? I'm tying yeah. the need to a date. Right. That is without a doubt magic, and that will make
0: you money. Philosophically, is that just is that sort of pegging into the, the fear of loss idea? I mean, I mean, I feel like I'm losing right now, and I need to do something.
3: Right, because what what it says is that again it comes back to this whole thing of investing. Customers will invest. So wow, if I don't make this investment now, my rate of return, my investment, is not gonna be as productive. I, I have the ability to capture that right now. I gotta close right now.
0: You're you're pretty passionate about the idea of selling at, at top margin, top profit and those kinds of things. As a sales manager, would, would that lead you to um, actually, let people go if they couldn't adopt and adapt into this style of, of high margin selling.
3: Yeah, because if you don't let them go, your company's not going to be profitable, and nobody will have a job. I mean, I get <laughs> I get pretty I get pretty adamant on pretty adamant on this uh, because it, every every company already has ten to twenty percent of their customers that they're losing money on. They just haven't really come to grips with it and and really realized that they're losing money and got rid of those customers. Well, guess what? You don't need employees on top of that having you lose
0: money. Yeah, no doubt about it. But hey, before I let you get away, just a couple of minutes left before our segment ends. But you bring up something really important, and that is many sales managers, certainly many salespeople, don't even know how profitable their customers are. They haven't looked at them from a profitability standpoint. Many times they're just ranking them by revenue and those kinds of things. How important is it? And, and what? what kind of emphasis do you put on understanding exactly how much profit you are making or losing for each single customer?
3: Well that's extremely important that's why what, one of the things that I think sales managers and companies have to do is create a profitability index or a profitability opportunity index in other words what you do is you you look at your customers and you say what's the profitability opportunity I could have from them you know I got to close these additional sales etc and those are the ones that you focus your time and effort on those are the ones you put sales resources against those are the ones you attempt to close because and and believe me you got to get rid of those low at no profit because they're killing you because they're preventing you from getting the higher profit
0: customers sure sometimes some of those customers actually could be good customers i think can can some of them be rehabilitated i mean can can you take some moves to to do some things with them you you tell them you're taking a price increase You never ask for a price increase.
3: You tell them you're taking a price increase. You tell them you're taking a price increase. And, and sure, you know, I can have the most difficult customer, but if you pay me enough, I'll love you.
0: <laughs> Mr. Hunter, if you don't mind, please, sir, we would, we would really like, with your permission, to give you a 6% price increase. Would that be okay, sir? Could we do that in your account?
1: <laughs> you mean that doesn't work? <laughs>
0: You know, it's interesting. I worked with an engineering firm recently, and we analyzed uh, their, their top 75 accounts across the board, and uh, you're almost dead on target. Roughly one in four was losing money, and it was kind of an eye-opener because as engineers, you know, they're not really analyzing all those things. They're just bringing in a lot of projects and doing a lot of business. We don't think of sales sometimes on the professional services side, and that could be one of the real drags on the business we made some serious changes there, Mark, and the, and the impact of the bottom line was pretty dramatic.
3: Yes, uh, very, very much so, very much so.
0: Well, it's been great to have him. He is Mark Hunter. He's the Sales Hunter. You'll find him online at thesaleshunter.com. Follow him on Twitter at thesaleshunter. I promise you this guy's got stuff on his site that is great, and you're going to get it. It's going to be free, and you're going to learn a lot from his brand-new book. Well, it's been around a little while now, High Profit Selling, Win the Sale Without Compromising on Price, High profit selling, one of my favorite topics. Mark, thanks for joining us, buddy. It's been great. Hey,
3: hey, can I do a shout-out for you?
0: Trish Absolutely. Patruzzi.
3: Trish, your guest next week, awesome. I was just with her a couple weeks ago out at Salesforce, Dreamforce Conference. She's outstanding. Your listeners have got to pay attention to what she's going to have to say.
0: Oh, fantastic. Thanks for the plug. Next week, right here on BizLocker Radio, 3 o'clock Monday, October the 19th, Trish Bertuzzi. Can't wait to have her on board. Hey, you have a great week, and we'll talk to you again soon. Great. All right. Very good. We're going to take a timeout. Hey, bizlocker Locker Radio, you'll find us at bizlockerradio.com. Coming back on the other side of the break, my friend Miles Austin will join us for the X's and O's segment. We're going to draw up a new play. This one's called Unbounce. Unbounce.com. I'm excited to have him in to talk about this product. I don't know the first thing about it. He always uh, surprises me with something new. Stick with us. We'll be back on the other side of the break.
1: Kelly Riggs is an author, a highly acclaimed speaker, and a sales strategist and leadership coach. Now in his ninth year as founder and president of the Business Locker Room, Kelly has written two books, One-on-One Management, What Every Great Manager Knows That You Don't, and Quit Whining and Start Selling, a step-by-step guide to a Hall of Fame career in sales. Both are available on Amazon or at bizlockerroom.com. For more information on hiring this two-time national salesperson of the year to speak at your next event or to train your leadership team visit bizlockerroom.com are you feeling slammed and suckered in today's stock market if so then you need to tune in to profitable investing with jordan kimmel every thursday at 8 a.m pacific time jordan kimmel will train you in what you can do to beat up the big boys on wall street as well as share his secrets to success so that you can buy and sell like a profit pumping pro Grab the bull market by the horns and listen to Profitable Investing with Jordan Kimmel every Thursday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time right here on the Bottom Line in Business Talk, Voice America Business. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business.
0: Dan Walshman, and you're listening to the Business Locker Room Show with Kelly Riggs. And great to have you back in the Business Locker Room. Hey, we're doing this live, by the way. Not only are we live on Blab, a live video, but we're doing it live on audio as well. It's on Voice America. You can find all of that at bizlockerradio.com. Make sure you join us. Special thanks to Mark Hunter for being a part of the show. It's episode number 72, High Profit Selling. And I turned my attention to my buddy <laughs> Locker Radio. Hey, thanks, Miles. Turn my attention to my buddy up in Seattle. He's Miles Austin. He's at fillthefunnel.com. You want to check out his website? He's the Web Tools guy. And every week he's got something bizarre to share with my audience. This week it's uh Unbounce. Hey, how you doing, man? Great to have
2: you. I'm doing good. I think actually after today's show with Mark, I'm changing my website to fill the funky funnel. <laughs> Well, it'd be
0: all right too. Hey, unbounce.com, please take over. What is unbounce.com?
2: <laughs> well, you know what? It's, um, Kelly, it's something that I think uh, I've used now for about three or four years. I've very honestly, I've kind of moved on a little bit because I've gotten into tools that are maybe more uh, for the people that like to get their hands really dirty into code and things. But basically, Unbounce, uh, I used when I was an individual salesperson, very frankly. Uh, for a while, What Unbounce is it gives you the ability to create a landing page, a custom URL, where it's designed for a specific purpose, either to capture someone's email address, have them register for an event, or direct them to something that's coming, maybe a a webinar, a seminar, a product launch, a a new product highlight, a new book release, whatever it might be, but it's designed really very clearly. It's a drag and drop interface. It's all based on the web. There's nothing to download. It gives you some really advanced features. It can integrate into WordPress if you're one of those folks like I am that love WordPress. And it helps you really honestly just to collect great lead generation for whatever you might be doing in your business. It's not just for sales. A lot of marketing people use it as well.
0: Well, I mean, for, I'm, I think most people probably have a sense of a landing page, but I know when I first got started doing what I'm doing some years ago, people would throw around these terms. And I'm like, oh, what does that mean? So, like, you know, I would think, well, couldn't I just direct them to my website or a page on my website? Why do I need a landing page? Now, again, for some of those joining us live on, on Blab or uh, on, on Voice America, you may be thinking, hey, come on, we know what a landing page is, but you'd be surprised. Not everybody does, Miles.
2: No, no, you're absolutely – it's a great question, Kelly. It's a very fair question because your website has lots of things, right? And, and yes, it, this is still a, a, a landing page, still is a page, and hopefully it will be on your website if you choose or if you have one. Remember, this is a service. You don't even have to have a website to use it. But let's assume you do, whether you're a company or an individual. A landing page is simply a web page on your site, let's assume for now, that has a one specific purpose – there's no clutter. There's no other menus and redirects and everything else. It has one simple call to action for one specific task you want them to do. So whether you route people on a tweet, let's say, or a Facebook post or a LinkedIn post, and you're talking about something you want to give to them or you're announcing a book or whatever it might be, it's only one purpose. For, so the landing page is where people come and land on your website and they get one focused, clear message only. There's nothing else they can do there other than go and act on the message that you have that you want to give to them in front of them at that time.
0: So this is something that a lot of people would refer to as a sales page. It, it's something that takes me to a very defined purpose, like you said, one thing that's involved. But what Unbounce does, Unbounce.com does is make it easy to put that together. And I would assume perhaps make changes to it along the way so I could test different uh, uh, ways of putting things together.
2: A- absolutely. A B testing is just one of the features. But let me, here's something I'll clarify because, and you used it, and I do all the time as well. The, typically, a flow of guiding the buyer's journey, if you will. Okay. Mm-hmm in a sales or a marketing funnel is first to go to a landing page, to get them a very focused, tight, short, concise message where they take action, which then takes them, if they take action, to a sales page. The difference between those two in my definition is a landing page is very concise, very short, very focused. A sales page will give them the story. It'll, it'll talk to them in much more depth and answer lots of questions and maybe have testimonials and demos and all those kind of things. So typically it's landing page guides them if they take action to a sales page.
0: Yeah, makes makes good sense. So the neat thing about this is it's not building something in WordPress. I'm doing it outside of that, yet I can integrate it into WordPress. So what I'm hearing is a lot of flexibility and you can really do these things pretty quickly depending on what you're trying to accomplish.
2: Uh, literally, it's drag and drop. You can have a page up in two or three minutes. They have some beautifully designed templates. They've been doing this a long time. They've won all sorts of awards. These guys are really good at what they do. Um, some very personable, friendly people um, all the way through to their service and support desk. Uh, as an example, I've been running the uh, the Unbounce user group on LinkedIn for over three years now. I just love it. These are great people. I do that for free because I just love the tool. Again, based on where you are, if you're a code guy or a really in-depth user of optimized press we've talked about or lead pages and some of those other builder and some of those other kind of more advanced, more full-featured tools then you might not need Unbounce as much. I've moved away from it just for that reason because I'm kind of down the path at a much deeper level. But for most people, and specifically for salespeople, I've talked about this on on stages for the last three to four years and maybe longer. If you're an individual salesperson and want to just capture the attention of individuals that you're selling and marketing to and reaching out to in your biz dev work, even without your own website, go get an account. You can do free or for a fee on Unbounce. And go create some landing page. You're going to be surprised the interaction you get because the quality is very, very good with these landing pages and the templates that they've provided.
0: All right, so give me a second, I mean, you've really hit the wheelhouse there in terms of application. I'm a sales guy, I work for a company, they've got a website. Why would I want something from Unbounce for me personally?
2: Well, you know what, uh, I, and it depends probably on your perspective. I was a sales guy, I've been a sales leader, I've been an owner as well. I've, I've been in all three roles, right? As the individual biz dev guy, I was a hunter, right? Mm-hmm. In my last real quote sales quota carrying gig, I didn't want them. I didn't want leads. The company says, "Oh yeah, we're marketing. We're doing all this great leads. That's great. It's not helping me. I'm one of 20 people in the company doing right. that job. Right, right, right. I'm right. out there busting my butt, building my brand, communicating, reaching, sharing content, working with people that I want to engage with me. Two things happen. I want to know instantly when they engage. I want to know if what I'm communicating is being effective or not. Is it working? So everything from stats and analytics that come with Unbounce to A-B testing, I'm refining my own professional capability by using my own account. I'm not selling against my company in any way, but very frankly, I don't want leads that I'm starting to stir up on social media or my work out in the field. To be going back through a marketing campaign that goes through corporate. Who knows when it's going to get worked on, if and when I'll ever see it, or if it'll be redirected it somewhere else, and I don't get the analytics of what my efforts are. I get maybe an overview of how the company's doing. That doesn't help me as an individual. I'm a big believer that as individual salespeople, whether you're in a big, an HP type company or you're a small entrepreneur, those salespeople should take some control over their own destiny, their own marketing, their own sales activity. That's why I'm a big proponent of every salesperson having their own email account, having their own website. I just think it makes sense as professionals if you take your sales profession seriously.
0: Wow, great stuff from Miles Austin. He's the web tools guy. Find him online at fillthefunnel.com. And, of course, you can follow him on Twitter as well, at Miles Austin. So what kind of URL do I get with Unbounce? If I'm doing my own thing, do I get some sort of customized slash after Unbounce, or what, what, what kind of URL do I get?
2: You can. You can have, like, fillthefunnel.unbounce.com, or you can do you go through the, the DNS capabilities, and you could actually tie it to yours. So... You could have it be fillthefunnel.com, and it's behind the scenes just doing some redirecting. I don't want to get into the details, but it can be done that way. The, key, the easiest way to do it, from my perspective, and this wasn't available until just the last year or so, if you have a WordPress website, you can create your page within Unbounce, use their plugin, and take that exact page, but have it appear on you know, kellyriggs.com as your page, because it is your page, it's just running behind the scenes. They take care of the technology. Remember, the Unbounce premise is let's get rid of all this technology. Let's make it fast, simple, and honestly easy for anyone to create a page in three to five minutes.
0: And you're talking free, too. I mean, free is crazy in, the, in this day and age, but uh, to have that sort of web presence that quickly for free, I mean, that's, that's a huge deal.
2: Well, it is. And look, when I say free, just remember, and you're going to have to pay. If you want to have any kind of real ongoing activity, you have to go pay. If, you, if in 30 days you don't find the value, then move on and you're not going to waste your time. But I would tell you that, you know, when you go, like their starter package, if you will, is for new businesses, for entrepreneurs, for 50 bucks a month. You get 5,000 unique visitors a month into that starter account. Most people aren't going to hit five thousand visitors in a. You get five thousand,
0: you're going to afford the upgrade, right? You're, you're probably getting some pretty good traffic. Yep. Well, the 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 thing that really jumps out at me as I look at their web page is what has gotten so crazy is you know the numbers better than I do, but I think more more than fifty percent now of page views are coming through that little thing we carry around, you know, whether it's a droid style or an iPhone style or whatever. So it's got to be responsive. Everything is moving to responsive. Theirs is automatically built that way. That, that's a huge plus as well.
2: Well, it is. The other nice thing is I think a lot of people struggle They get to what I call the blank page syndrome. You sit down and go create some masterpiece. And it's a white screen staring at you. And, like, oh, geez, now I got to go find the graphics. I got to go find what font I want to use. I got to get, okay, what am I going to say? They make it easy because they've got some really, really powerful, well designed templates graphics, fonts, sizes of fonts, some flow. So you can go in, grab one of their templates, change the text in the sample text for what you want to say, click a couple buttons. If you have uh, some kind of an email or something you want to capture an email in, just click a couple buttons. It integrates to that almost instantly. And you're ready to go. And it can be up and live literally in five minutes. It's When people say, I don't know if I have the time, I'm not a techie, I don't have a marketing background, I always say, go check out Unbounce and let's talk after you've looked at it. Just read the pages, look at it thoroughly, and then come back and tell me if you need something even simpler than that. Because if so, it's a great way to understand, okay, I've really got someone that's not that serious about it.
0: All right, so in the, the few minutes that we have left, I'm looking at some of these templates online. Unbounce.com is where we've directed our attention here in the X's and O's segment with Miles Austin. You know, most of these are like signups and those kinds of things. I'm trying to relate it back. Again, I'm I'm a new sales guy, I'm I'm savvy from the sense that I've I've grown up with social media. I'm a younger person. You know, I know Facebook, I know Twitter, I know Instagram, I know LinkedIn, I know all that stuff. So I I now I want a presence online which one of these are going to make sense? Uh, am I trying to create a list, Miles, or am I just trying to create some awareness of who I am? What, what kind of progress would I
2: go through? It, it really depends. You, you hit the key. It depends on what my goal is, right? In some cases, I just want someone to, cl- to call me. Literally, I just want them to call me. I want them to say, wow, this is exactly what I'm looking to learn more about. And all it is is a big number. It says call me and either a link to an automatic dialer uh, on, within the system or more likely just put call me and put your phone number there. Right, or maybe schedule an appointment and click yes. that and t- tie that button to time trade or one of the other tools we've talked about for scheduling. We just talked about a schedule a couple of weeks ago. So my point is whatever we do in business usually takes something, it requires the customer to take an action, whatever it might be, right? All these are is different ways to capture visually and make them more enticing for that potential customer or prospect to make it easy to take that next step. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, the more professional and easy we can make it, the more comfortable they are in saying, sure, I'll do that. That's great stuff from Miles Austin. He is the web tools guy, fillthefunnel.com.
0: And you and I have had this discussion, Miles. Thanks thanks for the input today. You and I have had discussion a number of times. There are a thousand products out there. You have to first know what you're trying to accomplish, then identify the possible tools, and then settle on one and run with it.
2: Absolutely. It is the key to success if you're going to be successful in business today. If you don't know your process first and know your goals first, you just start applying tech, you're going to go out in flames. Guaranteed every time, no question about it.
1: Yeah, I,
0: I'm, sadly, I have to agree with that. <laughs> sadly, I've been there and done that. Hey, it's been great to have you here on Biz Locker Radio. Thanks for joining us on Blab. We'll do it again next week. Trish Bertuzzi will join us Monday, 3 p.m. Central Standard Time. Make sure you find us there. Special thanks to Michael Sergit, our engineer on the other side of the glass. Brandy Jackson, our executive producer. And uh, you can hear this on iTunes or at bizlockerradio.com. There'll be a podcast before the day's over. Hey, we'll see you next time. Thanks for joining us. I'm Kelly Riggs, and this is The Business Locker Room.
1: Thanks for tuning in to Biz Locker Radio with Kelly Riggs. For more compelling interviews and cutting-edge business content, make sure you join us here again next week. Biz Locker Radio airs every Monday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern Time, and 3 p.m. Central Time on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information, visit bizlockerradio.com. Remember, business is a competition. Play to win. Biz Locker Radio is presented by the Business Locker Room. All rights reserved. Opinions expressed by guests on the show may not be the opinions of Business Locker Room Incorporated.